Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our sermon series entitled 40 Days of Prayer. This series focuses on learning to pray with more confidence and greater faith than ever before. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here with you today. We're in the midst of this uh, series called 40 Days of Prayer. We're excited about what God's been doing. And, and look, I, I just want to sort of sort of do a check-in with where we are. We're at the halfway point in this series. You know, we've encouraged you to be here for the message, so I'm glad you're here today. And if you've missed them, you can... You can uh, get the uh, past messages there on our website. Um, so I encourage you to go there. Uh, I, I hope that you've picked up the journal and you're, you're doing the journal. And look, if you miss a day uh, of scripture reading and prayer, don't, don't worry about, don't try to you know, catch all up. Just stay on the day that it is. I hope you've joined a life group where you can meet with one another and study prayer together and you can talk about it and you can be open about your prayer request and share what's going on in your life. You know, Scripture tells us not to give up the habit of meeting together, so I encourage you to do that. Um, so, you know, this halfway point, I am just would love to hear from you and hear what God's doing. I also want to continue to ask you to, to share with us, collectively, all of us, your prayer requests. Uh, on the seat back in front of me, you'll see a white post-it note. So, you know, at the end of the service, I'm going to give you a, a encouragement to write down your prayer request and, and post them on the wall. So, you know, we're excited about what God's doing, and we're excited about seeing uh, God answer prayers. And uh, so let me just pray quickly as we head into this message. Uh, Father, speak to us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear in your name. Amen. How many of you, show of hands, uh, have a car with a backup camera? Yeah. Uh, maybe you're like me. The, the first time you backed up your car with a backup camera, you thought, wow, this is so cool. I don't have to crane my neck left and right, and I'm just going to back up because, you know, it's great. I mean, uh, I back out of my driveway. I can see everything in my driveway. So I still remember the first time I did it. I didn't look left, I didn't look right, I didn't check the rearview mirror, I just looked at that camera. And I was at the top of the driveway getting ready to go out, all of a sudden something flashed and I turned around and looked real quick and there was a car right behind me. You know, the peripheral vision on those backup, backup cameras is useless. And so all of a sudden I realized, and I'll confess it took more than one time, uh, but I realized that just because I have a backup camera doesn't mean I need to, that I can't, that I shouldn't, that I don't have to check all the other views, the left-hand view, the right-hand view, the, uh, the rear-view mirror. You know, even coming out of the garage, you've got to make sure you don't hit anything coming out. So I realized that I still have to take all of those views into account if I'm going to be a safe driver. Today, we're going to talk about five views of prayer. I believe that they will help you develop your prayer life and your relationship with the Lord. Because remember, prayer is, it's all about our relationship with God. It's all about talking with him. So this morning, I want us to look at that. And here's the, the first view that I want you to write down in your notes. We look backwards to the cross. We look backwards to the cross of Jesus. 
Peter wrote these words in his first letter. He said, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the, from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, that, that Jesus paid a ransom for your life so that you could spend eternity with God. But, but think this one through. You know, before we accepted Jesus' forgiveness, we were slaves to sin and, and the fear that sin brings. And we, we owed a debt that we could not pay, our debt of sin. We could not do that. And so uh, Jesus paid the ransom. He paid off our debt. We were spiritually bankrupt because we couldn't get out from under the weight of our sin. And, and Jesus paid the debt that we couldn't pay ourselves. You know, the Bible makes it clear. The Bible makes it clear that, that our sin offends God, that, that our sin is, uh, it just pushes God away. And, and all sin to God is the same. It's equal. Now, I know we don't think that way. I, you know, we think there's bad sins and there's worse sins, right? We, we grade sins that way. And, um, but, but, you know, it, it doesn't matter to God. Sin repulses God. Sin separates us from God. And sin makes it hard for us to connect with God. And, it, and it's all the same. So some of you are saying, well, you know, I, you know, God ransomed me through the blood of Jesus, but I'm not a bad person. Uh, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be a mass murderer for your sin to put distance between you and God. And so we all needed to be ransomed. And, and that's what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus willingly went to the cross to pay the price for our sins whether or not we would believe him or accept that for us he did that for us so when we look back at the cross we realize that he did that for us so looking back at the cross then we need to recognize this it, it shows us how much God loves us and that and that is important that we recognize that but as I just pointed out, it shows us how costly it was for him to go to the cross. When we look back at the cross, it shows us how costly it is. Now, now think this one through. You know, over the millennia since the crucifixion, from the, from the days of when that was the, the way that executions were performed, we've romanticized the cross. We've turned it into gold and silver jewelry. We've turned it into artwork. We have a beautiful piece of artwork. Our, our cross here, it's beautiful, done by a craftsman. But, but here's the deal. The cross was a means of execution. You know, it was a place where condemned people were killed. It was the place where they were executed. And so when we look back at the cross, we remember how much God loves us and also how much it cost Jesus. And when we look back on the cross, then we should also recognize how much we have been forgiven. 
So when we pray, one of the things that we need to do when we pray is we just need to, to look back on, on the cross and recognize that. So, so this morning, I'm gonna invite you into a, a brief time of prayer, just, just 60 seconds. But in this brief time of prayer, we're gonna look back at the cross and, and, and we can just begin this prayer and I'll begin it for us and then you can just talk to God about what you want to. But I'm just gonna say, you know, God, thank you for the cross. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray. God, thank you for the cross. Go ahead and pray. thank you for the cross so that's one view for our prayers looking back at the cross here's the second view that I I want you to see and it's looking up to the father looking up to the father look at this verse from uh, the book of Romans the apostle Paul is writing and he says so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his children. Now we can call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. You know, here's the the first thing that I I want you to, to focus on. And it's that God desires for us to know that that he is our heavenly father he's he's not a dictator he's not a boss he's not a supervisor he is our heavenly father and remember i said earlier prayer is all about relationship and and relationship when you have a relationship with somebody you get to know them you become familiar with them and and so you know it's okay to pray to god and use that but but god desires for us to know him as our father think about jesus when he taught the disciples to pray he said this then is how you should pray and he starts off and he says our father who art in heaven he's using a term of familiarity he, he, he's you know he, he's not using uh, words that make God seem far off and distant but rather close and personal and he's demonstrating to us that we should look up to our Father when we pray and, and we should pray to him. You know, Jesus even called him at one time Abba, which is a, an ultra-familiar way of speaking the word Father. It really means what we would say in English, Daddy. So he shows this rather intimate relationship with God, and it's important. Now think this through, and this is what Paul's saying in the book of Romans. When we believed in Jesus, we were given the Holy Spirit of God. We were given the Spirit to dwell in us. 
as a guarantee that we've been given the promise of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, but it also tells us that we were given the Spirit as a sign that we become God's children. We've become part of the family of God. We've become sons of God. We've become daughters of God. And so Paul says we can cry out to him and say, Father, Abba, Dad. We can look up to him and we can tell him what's on our hearts. And you can, you can pour out to your heart to God and, and you can tell him, you know, the depths, the hurts, the pain, whatever's going on. And he wants to hear it and he wants to take it from you and, and he wants to, to give you strength as you deal with that. So don't be afraid to cry out to him, Dad, Father, Abba, and tell him what's going on. But, but look what else with, that this verse says. It says the Holy Spirit joins with our spirit. Basically what he's saying is, is the Spirit of God forms a partnership with us to remind us, to keep telling us we're children of God. See, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to be our teacher. And the Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit and says, look, you believe in Jesus. You've received forgiveness. You're a child of God. You're part of the family of God. You're his son, your daughter. That's who your identity is. And so you don't need to live as a fearful slave, fearful of whatever you're afraid of in your life. You don't need to be uh, living in fear of sin or, or fear of anger or fear of anything. You are a child of God. So we should look up to the Father and pray to him. So I want to invite you to do that right now. You just start with this phrase. You know, Father, thank you for adopting me into your family. So, so let's just go. Close our eyes and, and, our, and bow our heads and let's just pray. Father, thank you for adopting us into your family. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. The next view we should have of prayer is it's looking inward to Jesus living in us. You know, Scripture tells us that, that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that God dwells in the hearts of those who believe in him and follow him. So if God lives in us, that means that we've believed in him, we've accepted him, we've dealt with our sin, and, and now we want to live in God-honoring ways. But, but here's the reality. You know, Scripture tells us that we're sinners. So, so we're still going to wrestle with old patterns of sin and new temptations. And, and we're going to struggle with that. And so... There are some things that the Lord is going to want us to deal with because let's be honest, we, we all struggle with sin. You know, it, it may be a sinful attitude. It, it may be a, a lack of trust of God. It may be some source of pride. It may be something that we, we deal with. And so this is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and he said to them these words. He said, test yourselves and find out if you really are true to your faith 
If you pass the test, you will discover that Christ is living in you. But if Christ isn't living in you, you have failed. So look, when you came to faith in Christ, Christ came to live in you. He came to, to guide you and direct you. He came to, to, to live in our hearts and, and to, to guide us and direct us. Uh, years ago, I, I read a little booklet by a pastor named Robert Munger, and it's called My Heart, Christ's Home. And uh, look, I encourage you, if you've never heard about it, I encourage you to read it. In fact, if you go to the uh, 40 Days of Prayer page on our website, we've posted it there. You can uh, download it and you can uh, spend some time reading and meditating on it. But let me just give you the the big synopsis. You you know, uh, Robert Munger said, you know, this is how I see what it means to become a Christian. I invited Jesus into my heart to make his home in my heart to live in there. And like you would with any guest, when you invite them into your house, uh, you want to show them around a little bit. Now, if you're like most people, there are certain rooms you clean up really nice when you invite guests, and then there's some other rooms where you shove everything in and you close the door so nobody sees it, right? Yeah. So, so Munger goes on and he writes this story and, and he basically catalogs all the rooms in his house. He, he talks about uh, the living room. He talks about his study. He talks about the, the rec room, the, uh, the, um, the shop and, and all of these things. And, and in each one, as, as he brings Christ in and he shows him about, and this is where I spend time with you reading the Bible in the study. And then he becomes aware that there's some other stuff in his study where it's a little embarrassing and he, and he feels the conviction and so with Christ he, he begins to clean it up and, and so that's sort of the process that you see and, and it's just a powerful illustration to realize that because Christ lives in us he died for our forgiveness but because we sin again he wants to deal with that he poured out his blood remember we look back at the cross and what he did for us and so he wants to help us the power of his spirit uh, become aware of those things and deal with them in a godly way so that we can live God-honoring lives. You know, I think of one verse in scripture that, that always, to me, is a good litmus test. And, and you're familiar with it probably. It's the fruit of the spirit, spirit passage. It's from Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And it tells us what the fruit of the spirit are love joy peace patience kindness gentleness uh, and all of a sudden I blanked out but but uh, you know them um, and, and you can go to those scriptures and you can say am I living a loving life am I, am I living a gentle life am I living a self-controlled life am I living a faithful life and we can just sort of do a gut check we need to look inward as Christ is living in us and say, am I living a, a life that Christ wants me to do? So like all the other views, I want to invite you to a time of prayer and, and very simply, just, just I want to prompt you to say this when you start this prayer, Jesus, help me too, and you know what you need help on and go ahead and finish that. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray. Jesus, help us too.
Jesus, thank you for hearing our prayers. The next view that I encourage you to implement into your prayer life is to look around and ask the Holy Spirit to use you. Now, folks, this is a dangerous prayer. When you ask the Holy Spirit to use you, you're, you're saying, I'm, I'm going to trust you, Holy Spirit, and I want you to do what you want to do in your life to further the, in my life to further the kingdom of God. Don't be afraid of that prayer. Uh, anticipate it with joy. The, the Apostle Paul says this in the book of Romans. Give yourselves completely to God, every part of you, for you are back from death and you want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. Look, if you allow the Holy Spirit to use you, uh, the Holy Spirit will, will do greater things in you than you could ever imagine. In fact, Scripture says that we'll do greater things than Jesus did. That's hard for us to comprehend. But if we say, Holy Spirit, use us, he's going to do that. I'll just share a personal story with you about my own life. You know, some 20 years ago, I was sensing that God was calling me to to start a new church to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and I shared that with Cynthia, and we began to pray about that. And I remember specifically one night, uh, um, we were going out on a date, but we wanted to spend some time in prayer before we did about this whole thing that I sensed God was calling us to do. And so we, we uh, went down to the church where I was a pastor, and we went into the sanctuary, and we just knelt down at the front of the church, and we prayed this prayer. God, we'll go wherever you want us to go. We'll do whatever you want us to do. Use us. That's a dangerous prayer. God answered that prayer. We're, we're in the, living it in the midst of it right now. But, but I will tell you something that was a little embarrassing because you know we prayed that prayer and we were excited about what God was going to do. And uh, not long after this, uh, a director of church planting called me up and said, hey, Clark, there's this, this church in uh, Connecticut that is, uh, has a similar version to you. And um, remember, I had told God that w we would go wherever and what he, whatever he wanted to do. And we had been living in Minnesota. We had been living in freezing cold Minnesota for 13 years. And so this gentleman said this, and I said, well, you know, uh, we'll pray about any place, but, you know, God's going to take us to Arizona. Do you, do you hear me putting a little bit of condition slipping in already? Um, it didn't take very long. But we prayed. Not just before, we prayed. Is this what you want us to do, God? And God made it very clear that God, you know, I don't have time to tell you all the story and all the highlights of what God did and how he answered that prayer. But when you say, Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm gonna look around at you and I, I'm gonna, I want you to use me you're going to do some exciting things. You may do some challenging things, but God will be with you. Don't, don't fear the challenge. You know, don't, don't fear that. So would you join me right now in a dangerous prayer? Can we bow our heads and close our eyes and, and say, Holy Spirit, use me? Let's do it. Holy Spirit, use me.
Holy Spirit, we trust you. So be with us as we trust you to do what you want to do. Here's the final view of prayer that I want you to uh, look at. And, and it's, I want you to look forward into your future in faith. Look forward into your future in faith. The Apostle Paul said these words, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Look, you and I need to be confident. We need to be certain of this, that God has begun a good work in you and he's going to take it to completion. Look, the day that you decided to believe and follow in Jesus Christ wasn't the, the goal, it wasn't the end, it was the beginning of something that great that God wants to do. And some of you are probably wrestling with that and saying, I'm not sure what God wants to do in, in my life. You need to trust him and let him do it and you need to be open to do it and you say well well you know I, I think I should quit my job and, and go into full-time ministry maybe if that's what God is calling you to do but maybe God wants you to use your job to fund your full-time volunteer ministry you know God wants to do something amazing in your life so we need to trust him doesn't it always boil down to that we need to trust him to do what he wants to do look it, if, if you're saying that, that you don't believe in prayer, that you don't believe that he's going to answer your prayers, that you don't believe he's going to complete in your life what he's done, and you're, you're basically saying a couple things. Number one, you're saying that Jesus' death on the cross wasn't enough. That his death on the cross wasn't enough for you to trust him to take you to the end of when he comes back or when you die and go to heaven before he comes back. Uh, we're, we're also saying something about what we believe in prayer that well we're not just sure about this prayer but God is good and, and he will be faithful to us so we're going to move into, into prayer again I'm going to invite the worship team to come up to get ready to play a song but we're going to move into prayer again and, and it's all about God being faithful remember what Paul said I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished. So God wants to do that. So will you pray this prayer? Father, show me what you want me to do for you. Father, show me what you want me to do. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, show us what you want us to do for you. Father, show us what you want us to do and give us eyes to see it and a heart to receive it and ears to hear it. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Look, these, these five views of prayer are to help you in your relationship, your prayer relationship with Jesus, looking back to the cross, looking up to the Father, looking inward to Jesus living in your life, looking around you to the Spirit all around you and looking forward to your future in Jesus until the day he calls us home. He wants to do some great things in your life. We've been talking about that all day. He, he wants to answer these prayer requests on the wall. He wants to answer the prayer requests that you put on those welcome cards. 
He wants to answer those prayer requests that you're going to put on the walls in just a minute. And, and we want him to do it. We want him to do it again and again and again. So we're going to close with a song. Where basically, we're saying, God, do it again. Do it again. So let's stand. And let's tell him with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our voices, Lord, do it again. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.